Welcome to Grey Roots Theory with your hosts, Sheena and Prince. We're talking about issues that matter and some that don't. Technological advances, gentrification, and the pursuit of social connections. Conversations get heated, emotions run high, but it's all love in the room. So cop a squat, hang out with us. Good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm great. No, I'm great. How are you? I'm great as well. Thank you for asking. I feel like you're putting on now. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> you did better because you made a face. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, What's going on? So I did this um I did this event yesterday mm-hmm. where I had to present in front of a lot of people and stand up and talk for a, a decent amount of time, um, which I love doing. I, I really do. I, I love getting up in front of people and talking. Um, in another life, I probably could have been a teacher, oh. like spreading knowledge. But however, comma, um, it drains me. <laughs> Like when I'm in it and, you know, doing it, thank goodness where I was talking, it was like a podium. So the Mm -hmm. people that I was speaking to couldn't see my entire body shaking. Like I'm sure the people that sat behind me probably noticed it. (laughs) I hope they didn't. But my entire body, I mean, from legs all the way up to arms, I had them resting on the podium, entire body just shaking. Because it's such a, it's it's like anxiety thing for me. I like doing it, mm-hmm. but it's all those emotions at one time just pushed to the surface. And my body is like, I don't know what you want us to do. Are we, we standing here? What are we doing right now? Yeah. So it drains the life out of me, I promise. And I and I I gotta like rest and relax for like a week after. <laughs> so let me, let I me. am like exhausted mentally and intellectually, which makes me physically exhausted. Okay. So I got a, a few questions. Mm-hmm. Statements slash questions. <laughs> you are, you were chosen for this, correct? I was. Okay. I'm assuming you were chosen for a reason. Because <laughs> you do well with, you're very thoughtful when you speak. Um, you are very thoughtful when you deliver on whatever the task may be. Well, You've been you. in leadership roles before. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. You have no issue with leadership. Um, you're clearly good for this thing. So mm-hmm. where where does the nervousness come from? It's or anxiousness. Let me say that anxiousness. With, um, yes, with all the different things that I've done and the reason they chose me for this is because, because I'm very good at it, you know, Mm -hmm. because I can take something very small and make something very elaborate out of it Mm -hmm. and get a point across a certain way. Alchemy. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but however, comma, um, by nature, I am an introvert. So social interactions kind of exhaust me. 
Now, people here introvert and they automatically think we're antisocial. We're not antisocial. We're not against social interactions. Sometimes okay. we get asocial. We just don't want it because it drains us. We perform very well in social interactions. We just need a recovery period after. Hold on now. You just said something now. You about because to Google something? <laughs> I'm about to do my Googles. Because <laughs> one, um, I've been called called anti before. Um mm -hmm. and I just I, I I'm trying to practice. Okay. You looking up terms instead of just continuing <laughs> to use them like other people use. Because obviously you say introvert, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody calling themselves an introvert now. Ever since COVID nineteen, they don't like people. Everybody calling themselves an introvert. Just like uh, everybody, it's like all these. It's scary. It's scary. For me, it's scary because when things, I'm not saying things shouldn't be buzzwords. I just get scared when they become trends. Mm. For example, um, saying you're an introvert. Um, saying you uh, have a mental disorder, saying you like, I'm not, let me not say that, blaming certain actions on having a mental disorder. Okay. Right. Obviously, a mental disorder is very clear, can trigger certain behaviors. But mm -hmm. when it starts to become a buzzword, when it starts to become like, that's the go to now. Oh, oh. Uh, what was the other one that was. People that only think about themselves all the time. Narcissist. Uh, narcissist. Yeah. That is now a buzzword. And narcissists are very real things. But yes, it is. It's like they keep using it. And it's like, all right, what's what now? Right. So it's getting overused. Right. And so now we have like antisocial. Right. So I am Googling. And this is <laughs> NHS. Uh, we're going to use, first we're going to go on the side. So this one says, it's per Google, a dysfunction of a person's ways of thinking. Hmm. Okay. A dysfunction of a person's way of thinking, perceiving situations and relating to others. To me, when now when people say, I'm an introvert, I'm they start tying that together. I'm an introvert, I'm right. anti- um, you diagnosing yourself with something you probably don't understand what you're saying is <laughs> it, the way people say it is kind of like, I don't like people. What this is saying is there's some dysfunction in you, not with other people. There's a dysfunction in you. <laughs> and you just say, I'm anti-sex. You're like claiming something's not the thing. Just say I don't like going around people. I'm not a fan. I of don't like it. What you're describing is you said introvert. <clears throat> so again, on the Googles, <laughs> introvert, a shy person, a shy reticent person. Yeah, reticent person. And we look up what reticent means. That means not revealing one's thoughts or feelings readily. Mm -hmm. So uh, you are saying that. You're not always interested actively and just saying, oh, let's talk about what I'm thinking or yeah, no. how I'm feeling right now. For whatever very, it's got to be a very close group of people. I like I like my um, 
my close circle. I like, and it takes a while, it takes a minute for people to get into my close circle. And still with people in my circle, I don't just come out and let me tell you how I'm feeling today. Usually mm. I just hold it in. It's that toxic 90s, I'm telling you, man. Lord. They messed us up, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel nothing. That and I got that uh, middle child syndrome, you know. Nobody ever knew who I was. Seriously, no one ever knew who I was. I was always somebody's sister. Or somebody said, oh, is that your sister? Even my younger sister. I was so-and-so's sister. Like, how you skip past me and you know her? You know, my oldest sister, when, you know, it was, yeah, that's so-and-so's sister. And then my younger sister came along. Oh, that's so-and-so's sister. No one ever knew my name. <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh-huh. So I have seven sisters. Uh, Pablo's a Rolling Stone. That's a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Out of those seven, there were four. No. There were three that I basically grew up knowing. We all were raised in separate, you know, black folk. We know how that go. But I was raised by my grandparents, my paternal grandparents. Um, My sister that's right under me was raised by her mom. And the two under her were raised by their mom. So they're the only ones who share a mom and a dad. Everybody else, we split up. I always got different mamas. Um, because we grew up in different places. So the two youngest ones grew up in St. Louis. The one right under me, ironically, she was born in Miami. I was born in Atlanta and we swapped and grew up in those different places. So I grew up in Miami. She grew up in Atlanta. And I guess because of that, when I went to wherever they were at the time, people were like, oh, that's such and such as brother. But it didn't feel like it didn't feel like I didn't have an identity, I guess. It just felt like, oh, they they don't know me. So and then so when they came down to Miami, they were like, oh, that's that's Prince Sister. And that's what it became until like people mm-hmm. started knowing their names. But I guess maybe because I was the only boy and we kind of grew up separate for the most part. We spent a lot of time together, but we didn't grow up in the same homes. So I guess I I never thought about it because I was just like, as long as I ain't getting in trouble, I, <laughs> I just, I'll be whoever, brother. I'll be whoever. Niece, <laughs> nephew, listen, I just don't want no whoopings. All right, let me just stay over here. I get enough trouble. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I stuck to myself as a child, I, at home at least. Now, when I was out and about, I did what I needed to do to get back. Yeah, yeah we heard. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I never thought about it like that because I, it didn't bother, did it bother you or was it just like you felt like a, kind of like what you said, and you were the middle child. I wasn't the middle. I was the oldest at the time that we knew of. <laughs> I was the oldest and I was definitely the oldest boy if anything, so it was just kind of like, you know, I got in trouble first, so <laughs> it wasn't really like nobody to follow. Um, I turned my grades around or whatever really late in life, so I had bad grades earlier. So, like, there wasn't a lot of, like, focus 
mm-hmm. on one person versus the other. And because of so many of us, it was just like, which whoever one of y'all, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but I, did it did it did it bother you or did it give you a feeling of like I don't know I don't know if the term is like a lack of existence or what 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 was what was going on in your head like when you think about it why you felt the way you felt. It didn't bother me. It was I don't know. It kind of became the normal thing, not a not a bothersome thing. And mm. even even when I left home and I would come back, you know, my mom would be, this is my daughter that's in the military. Oh, so then I became just the military daughter. <laughs> oh, that's the one that's in the military. Yeah, the one. It still wasn't a name. It was always, you know. <laughs> so if I wasn't, wasn't no longer someone's sister, I was mm. the daughter that was in the military. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't bother me. I just, I became what I did. So it it you became what you are. Yeah. So it forced me to constantly do better, be better. You know, gotta whatever I did, I had to be the best at. Because that was the only way oh. I was getting recognized. Okay. Okay. So a person predominantly concerned with their own thoughts and feelings rather than with external things. Introverts seek out and enjoy opportunities for reflection and solitude. Now. That's the psychology definition. Mm-hmm. Speak about psychology. <laughs> so you have, first of all, you you got multiple degrees. Let's let's just start there. Let's just jump out okay. the gate. <laughs> if we're gonna talk about black women, listen, <laughs> it's black and black. So you have multiple degrees, and on top of that, you have started engaging with something else, degree wise. And that focus is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it psychology or psychiatry? Or is there even a difference? There's a difference. It's okay. psychology, yes. So psychiatry is more of a diagnose, prevent, treat medical problems. Psychology is more of study, mind and behavior, feelings and thoughts. So that ties right back into introvert. <laughs> if- I uh yeah, I uh actually in one of my classes we had to watch this video of a guy, um, a psychologist, giving a speech, and he said something that I was like, Oh my gosh, that's true. So he said, We go into psychology because we want to understand the mind, we want to understand behavior, mm-hmm. we wanna we wanna understand why people do what they do, what's causing that, you know, why, why they're doing that. And he was like, so most of us that go into psychology is because we want to understand ourselves. Hmm. So you have all of these thoughts about yourself. And I mean, yeah, obviously you notice other behaviors with other people, but generally speaking, it's yourself. And now this interest and psychology is bred. So let me dial back a second. I try my best to correlate the things I try my best to understand. <laughs> so psychology and psychiatry, the line between those two, to me, sounds very similar to engineering, engineers and scientists. 
Okay. So from my world, scientists, physicists, for my example. I was about right. to say, because science is the term scientist is very broad. Psychologists right. are scientists. Well, that's no. So that's my goal. That's my point. So with, let's say, I think the closest for me would probably be like a physicist, I think. Okay. So the difference between me and a physicist is they get all into the theory and why the molecules do what they do and covalent bonds and all the stuff mm -hmm. I failed chemistry for, all that. <laughs> and then engineers we just we take pieces of what they did and we say oh, okay i'll make a circuit like uh, i'm going to apply the knowledge to do a thing or to create a thing or to remedy a issue right mm -hmm. or something that yeah. we view as an issue okay so let's say computers originally computers were not made to surf the internet kids i don't, I don't know if you knew that <laughs> <laughs> but Computers were originally made for mathematicians. It was to do very serious calculations. So it was like a very good calculator, a very powerful calculator that filled rooms. That's what we did with what physicists studied. Mm -hmm. What sounds like you're saying is you as the psychologist would be studying all the theories and the psychiatrist would take that information and apply it to treating people and creating solutions, if we want to say that, for people who have different diagnoses. Right. So psychiatrists would be the ones to diagnose. Yes, I understand what the psychologist has studied as mm -hmm. this particular behavior. This is what you have from the psychologist study that I've that I've researched, mm -hmm. they've decided that this particular behavior is called X. You have X. Okay. Let's give you something. Yeah, let's give you something to treat that or let's work on that. And that's and that's therapy. Therapy is the remediation of let's remedy that. Let's work on it. So can a, this is like that little bubble that we always look at, like a Venn diagram, but like uh -huh. it's multiple overlaps. Can a, I'm assuming most psychologists is there a hierarchy like it's really not one can be it's, the other but the other can't be the psychologists can be clinical psychologists so they can see patients okay they can either not they don't have to do one or the other but, it's but they can see patients study it's strictly for study yes okay okay yeah okay. so, so would you do that or they can just do research what i want see patients Absolutely not. I don't. <laughs> no, my thing would be strictly for research purposes. Research purposes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to see patients. No, mm. I don't think I'm at the point where. And you know what? My it might change by the time I finish. By the time I at the end of this, this degree, depending on how far I go with it and how far I take it. I may decide, you know what? Yes, because mm. my study is towards veterans and PTSD. So I may study so much that I'm like, you know what? As a licensed clinical psychologist, mm -hmm. I can better help than study. Okay. Okay. So I can't remember if I told you or not. I think I did. But um, I had a family member, a much older family member. Who is on? I don't know what the correct term is. Y'all don't kill me, but uh, she was placed 
I guess you could say. And I think the okay term is still to say uh, mental institution because I thought it was called insane asylum. I don't know if we're allowed to say insane anymore. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't want to get burned at the correct. Like, I don't know the term. Placed in a hospital. <laughs> when we went, they called it the crazy house because it was in northern Florida. It was Tallahassee area. So they, uh, they said, oh, you mean the crazy house. But um, we went to go see this family member. This was my great, great, great aunt. It's great. And for a host of different reasons, I won't get into that, but she was placed in this institution, I guess you're supposed to call it, uh, where everybody that's placed there has some extreme form of some type of mental illness. Mental illness. Okay. Um, she had like seizures and stuff like that. So it was obviously diagnosed that she had an issue. I don't I don't remember what the exact diagnosis was, but like she would forget like mid-conversation what we just said. And then she would just start switching to different things. And I was like, is she here? Like it, it was it freaked me out because I was just like, oh, like it's people really out here who aren't diagnosed, yeah, that are out in society that like are flipping out because of because she had like violent outbursts and the nurses like literally had to stand around her just in case she flipped out but for me i was like if if you are studying this right and let's say your case study was to go to one of those facilities and just i guess study those people ask questions mm -hmm. come up with your theories write books or whatever Two questions. One, do you think you would be able to, because you're saying you, like you're more of an introvert, do you, do you feel like that would be too much for you to be in the field with these people who clearly have these, um, I don't know, chemical imbalances or whatever? And two, as you're walking through society, and I'm not talking about the civilians you work. I'm not talking about the uh, the vets you work with. I'm just talking about civilians, just everyday people. Mm -hmm. Do you slowly start to be like, hold on now, I'm <laughs> I'm noticing something. It's giving no, <laughs> no. I absolutely do not walk around diagnosing people. <laughs> you don't even uh, notice first, it. You don't even see it. And all, you're like. I'm minding my business, okay? <laughs> Whatever they got going on is their business. And they, I'm not trying to bring it into my world. I got too much of my mm -hmm. own stuff to be trying to diagnose what somebody else I don't even know got mm -hmm. going on. No, yeah. Um, but would it be too much for my my introverted self? Probably not. Um, what I do on my normal job when I deal, I deal with people all day, every day, either on the phone, or in person, which is a lot for me, but I enjoy it. I enjoy that part of it because it's what I want to do. I'm actually helping people in their lives with something that they can't help themselves with. And that's that's ultimately what I want to do. So, so is it a lot? Sometimes, yes. Mm -hmm. I still have to take my time and do my reflection and do my meditation and get back to myself you know, recharge. It's my recharge for myself. I still have to do that. But I don't shy away from it because I'm an introvert. So 
the the ability to help these people overrides or supersedes your anxiety. Yes. Okay. So I, I could have told them no. When they asked me to, to do that presentation, I could have said, yeah, you know what? I'm good. Thanks. But I felt what I had to say was important mm. uh, for people to hear. So I agreed to it. I, I think I did okay. I mean, everybody came up to me afterwards and said I did amazing. So one of the, and one of the veterans was, you know, not a dry eye in the room. Great. I love to hear it. I'm glad you can, I'm glad you can relate to. You made the people feel their feelings. I mean, all I was doing was like educating them on Vietnam. We did a tribute, an honor to Vietnam veterans. I'm so sick of you. (laughs) You, you like the, you like the singer. Who goes to karaoke? Who be like, I don't know, guys. Ooh. I don't know. <clears throat> My throat. And then sing like Beyonce. Just random. Stop it. <laughs> I have the whole room crying. And they selected me. They handpicked me because I'm this good. And I just happened to be as good or better than they thought I was going to be. Stop it. Just. just. See? See how you change my words and just switching. That's not what I said. Why but you see how that's what you heard. <laughs> Why y'all can't just accept you good at stuff? It's just you good. But just you like are... the same way you go to grandma's house and she be like, "Baby, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't make much, and I don't know how good it's gonna be. I just got some macaroni and cheese, potato salad, a little collard greens, some hog malls, and you know." And hey, we know grandma lying too. Grandma knows right. she put her foot in that thing. She knows exactly. Because if exactly. somebody say something bad, she'd be like, now, hold on, baby. Now, I know. Don't tell me it, it ain't no too much salt. Now, I know what I did. <laughs> Soon as you say something, all of a sudden, it's a different conversation. They know what they doing. That's the same same way. Grandma say all of that when you come in. I don't know how good it is, but you can have some. Y'all are clearly good with these things. That's why people return. That's why people request. Because you are good at things. If, hmm, because everybody hears, like I said, it's a buzzword. Everybody hears anxiety and introvert. People feel like it's not real. If I'm being honest, when I hear a lot of people talk about, man, ain't nothing wrong with that motherfucker. Like, you ain't no introvert. That motherfucker just don't like motherfucker. Like, okay. That may be true, too. Okay, <laughs> listen. <laughs> a broken clock. <laughs> right at least twice a day. at least twice a day <laughs> so this is my question if okay i gotta put this if you can can you describe what is going on internally when you say like being an introvert what what is it because everybody's experience is different and spectrum and blah 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 i, I fuck that what is what you feeling when you like, all right, like when you find it was like, all right, I'm an introvert. Like I just, it, it's a lot. When did you make that decision or what do you feel in those moments? Okay. So I'll, I'll describe, um, I'll describe yesterday. Okay. Um, people were filing in, it was held at a church. People were filing in, taking their seats. I'm sitting up you know, where the pastor and 
everyone is where the presentation, the, the girl who flipped the slides, I'm, I'm sitting up there and I'm watching people file in. My heart starts beating faster. I start sweating a little bit. Now, I got the paper in my hand of my speech. So, and I've gone over it 50 million times because I've wrote it, rewrote it, edited it, rewrote it. I mean, I know it, I don't really need the paper, but I still got it in my hand. So I know what I'm gonna say, but the minute that they say, okay, coming up next is a special presentation, my heart just drops down into my feet because now I have to muster up every sense of energy in me to get up out the chair and walk over to the podium. And I'm in my mind, it's everybody is looking at me. What if I fall? What if I forget? Okay, something? that was that was yeah. gonna be my follow up. So you you said you started sweating, like you physically, your body is physically responding. Uh huh. Right? You are, and I know people don't believe this shit, but I'm trying to find a way to correlate it. Like when some people are afraid of heights, like I uh, I used to love, I still love. I used to when I was younger, I used to love roller coasters, but there was some of them I was like, oh. I, I don't know, but I like those, but then the same, cause they go high, mm -hmm. but there was this one case or a couple cases in Miami where one of the fair rides broke while people were on it. And it was one of the ones that shoot up real high and then it drops. And those rides still freak me out to this day. Okay. So if I can interject, mm -hmm. It's not the, so people will say, I'm afraid of public speaking mm -hmm. or I'm afraid of, you know, being up and being in a crowd. Mm -hmm. the, that may be true to a fault. What I'm actually afraid of is making a fool of myself. I'm not afraid of public speaking. I'm afraid that I'm going to say something stupid and people are going to laugh at me. So you're not really afraid of the height you're afraid, you're afraid of, of falling. Yeah. You're afraid that from that height, you're going to fall and it's going to either kill you or hurt you really bad. So that, that feeling I get when, you know, when you're younger as a man, and the girl you like say, Hey, let's try that ride out. And you don't, your ego kick in. You like, I don't want to let her know I'm scared. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that feeling of like, sitting in that seat and getting strapped in that seat even not even getting strapped in like looking at people getting strapped in the seat and you next uh -huh. and your heart just throbbing mm -hmm. you're saying you're getting that feeling and the, like your body start overheating and you start sweating you're saying you're mm -hmm. getting that feeling just from the idea of i am about to do this thing and because if I say something wrong, now, obviously, people are going to ask, why does that bother you so much about saying something stupid? That, um, to psychoanalyze myself, that comes a little bit about... Sit in my uh, chair. <laughs> that comes a little bit from my childhood so yeah it, it's it's that overachiever in me that i gotta be i have to be perfect in things i do were you so, called stupid was i ever called stupid 
I'm no, not talking never. about from kids. I'm talking about from like adults. No, never. Okay. But did I feel it sometimes? Yes. Because I was called smart so much. Because mm. I was, oh, you're so intelligent and oh, you learn things. And when I was younger, I was in a gifted and talented program. I had to go to a special school that that picked me up, you know, from a bus and took me to school. My sister had to go, you know, she went to the school right around the corner. So I felt it from my sister and I felt it from the kids in the neighborhood. You too good to go to school with us. So because I was, I know, (laughs) but because I was so intelligent, if I never, if I couldn't understand something, I felt like, well, I should be able to understand it. So I must be stupid. So it was always, if I, if there was something that the teacher was teaching and I didn't grasp onto it right away, oh my gosh, I must be stupid. Because I should be able to learn this. I did that to me. Huh. Okay. I I have felt like that in a class. However, my family said stupid a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when I was younger. My mom used my mama's favorite phrase was, boy, you dumb, deaf, or stupid. And I was oh, I never okay. knew, should I should I answer this? I don't because if you say I'm none of them, now you're getting slapped in the mouth. Because <laughs> now you're being smart, which is the opposite of what she's at. It's a lot. It's a lot. But <laughs> I think I wonder if because if I was doing an assignment at home, doing my homework, my mom said, Boy, you stupid. Right. And, and I get in trouble. My uncle be like, boy, you stupid. Why you ain't just, if you gonna do it, you know what I'm saying? So when I was in school, I, I don't know if that played a role in it, but I did feel like, uh, I remember fourth grade, I think. Fourth grade, I'm in class. Um, we writing stuff down and I wasn't good at writing things quickly. I don't even know if I should say that. I don't think it it made sense in my head how mm-hmm. to write things quickly. So when we wrote notes in class, I was writing everything, everything the teacher wrote on yeah. the board. And then all the other kids was finished. And I felt stupid because I was like, what am I not getting? Mm-hmm. And I remember full transparency, long division was one of the first things in math. I was like, oh, wait, what is happening? <laughs> This doesn't make. Why are we still going? Like, and I remember crying in class one day because I couldn't figure it out. And then, you know, obviously, my own boys they laughing at me, making fun of me, whatever. But like, that's just what the culture was back then, guys. So sorry, but <laughs> I just I felt stupid. And then one day, I was just like. Oh, I don't have to write everything. Mm-hmm. I don't have to write neat. If I can read it, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So I just chicken scratch. Now, unfortunately, that made my handwriting bad because I kept practicing that to keep up with the class. But what was more important is that I can read my notes or I'm writing something neatly that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. So then I, I wonder if the early embarrassment or... I guess, lesson in humility, I guess, 
made me go the opposite direction. So I started looking at everything like a challenge. Just like it became a game to me. Like if I was dating a chick and I was going to meet her dad, other dudes was like, bro, you got to make sure. I was like, nigga, I'm me. You know, like me. Like I just, <laughs> it was like an arrogance. Like I was just, I don't know if it was an arrogance or a confidence. Like I didn't think that he would, there wasn't a reason why somebody wouldn't like me, but I was just like, no, I know I'm going to go be respectful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to look at him because this is what my daddy taught me. Like I'm going to shake his hand. His daughter obviously liked me for a reason and she wouldn't tell him about me if I wasn't doing what I need to do. So I kind of took every applying for jobs, interviews. So I wonder if toxicity um, <laughs> kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I'm having a stream of consciousness right now. I think that's. I see. Going. You got a lot Hold going on. on. Something just happened. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> it's triggering a question. Do you think, from a psychology standpoint, do you think, do you think people's minds, how they function, at least, do you think they're like cars, or do you think they're like? clay i'm going to explain what i mean please okay because i'm automatically going to cars because they have all those moving pieces and you know the mechanics of it and one piece really can't work i forgot who i'm talking to i forgot let me simplify (laughs) okay thank you (laughs) okay so you get a sports car right let's say you get a porsche okay you got a nice maserati whatever The whole idea of this sports car is it's fast. It's lightweight. It's efficient. The timing, all this good stuff, right? And then you get a truck. So you get an F-150. It's powerful. It's not that fast, but it's powerful. Get from point A to point B. I don't care if it's a mountain between us. We about to get over that thing. Mm -hmm. 90 degree angles. I can go straight up. F-150. Ford Tough. Okay. Okay. A truck can never be a sports car. I don't care what engine you put into it. You can make it go faster, but it's structurally not built for speed. I can get into the engineering, the physics and all that. Screw all that. It is a flat surface on the front for the most part. There are aerodynamics from an architectural standpoint that go into designing a sports car. A sports car will never be a truck. I don't care what type of engine or drivetrain you put into it. It can't tote logs and people. It just can't. Okay. Now you can tune it. You can get the timing better or, you know, you can do all these things. But at the end of the day, a sports car is a sports car is a sports car. A truck is a truck is a truck. Versus clay, where it's like, it can be a ball today. It can be a little bit. You can add on to it and make it look like it's completely uniform. You can make different things with it. It's all, it's not homogeneous, right? It Mm -hmm. changes to whatever. It adapts. It can grow. It can shrink. It can deteriorate. It can do all these things. Do you believe, from a psychology standpoint, that the brain is more like clay or more like a vehicle in that sense? Where you either get what you get, <laughs> hey, hey, 
Hey, you're a sports car. Good luck. Hopefully, you ain't never got to talk no dogs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or is it like clay where it's like maybe if you massage it and work on it, it's gonna take some work. You gotta put pressure on it, you gotta spin it and do gotta put it in the kiln and all the other good stuff, but you can at least keep changing it and adapt to those whatever you need it to be. Do you think the brain is like car to clay? Um great question. <laughs> I'm still I'm still gonna go with the mechanics of a car. Yes. Really? Because starting to, in the beginning stages of making a car, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in, in the warehouse and manufacturing it, um, what do you start with? Would you start with the engine? Like, what do you start making first? Mm-hmm. So depending on how that's made would then depend you... on if it'll become a sports car or if it'll become a truck. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the basics of making a car start exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But what you build onto and add to it makes it now it's a sports car, now it's a truck. Whereas clay, I think you start with nothing. There's nothing there, nothing at all. And you make it what it's going to be. I don't think you can make a person what they're going to be. I think that that happens within them with things that you put in and things that they got from outside and family and parents. And I think from that standpoint, I'm still going to say it's going to be a car. Yeah. So sports car or truck. Yes. If you're a sports car, you're absolutely right. You can't, there's no way you'll be able to long haul, pull some logs. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no, I'm not going to say there's no way, but it's highly the unlikely. level you gotta take to get yeah. yeah yeah it's highly unlikely for me to learn how to play like Mozart. So you 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 believe there are limitations, like I do, yes. Mm. I I I'm on the fence <laughs> because I'm like, man, I feel like I don't know. I don't know if that's my pseudo optimism or like my crazy, insane optimism, but certain things I feel like if I take out the time, I can really do that. But then other things I'm like, I will never be LeBron. Like I, I physically cannot. <laughs> it's, it's not, not. going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you can try and try to your heart's content, but unfortunately your height <laughs> there's nothing you can do about that it's genetics you know but Mm -hmm. i yeah there's some things you just have zero control over or i'm sorry that was a sports example i should use something more relatable like uh like you said mozart Mm -hmm. that's a mind thing like my Mm -hmm. fingers aren't any different from mozart's fingers or bach or whoever else they all had 10. (laughs) they all had 10. but how i process music how I formulate music, if I even can write a score. I, a part of me feels like if I really sit down and like dig deep, could I play it like that? You probably or is could've. it just like it's not in me? Like it's not my mind isn't wired. 
You probably could have in the beginning stages before you became a sports car, before you became a truck, you probably could have got to a point where you would, you could score, you know, do scores of music or you could compose. You, you probably could have been Quincy Jones. Yeah. Uh huh. But once you get past that threshold, yeah, you don't think you can ever. You can try. Yes, uh, of course, people, you know, never stop learning. Mm -hmm. But I think once you get to, I'm a sports car now. Even if you take it apart, it's still a sports car. Mm Hmm. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. I actually really enjoy- I like to think of questions. Sometimes I like to be ignorant. Well, I like <laughs> you like to act like you ignorant, but you're you know, not. That that's now that still makes me uncomfortable. I think and, and I it might be a man thing, it might be a black man thing. We, I know for a fact, black men, we don't do well. But compliments? Oh, no. It makes you so uncomfortable. Seriously. It's it's been so many times. I don't know. I I don't know what it is. It's like, I think because society has been taught to tailor to the male ego. And they're like, oh, I think because a man, you're like, I'm already skeptical when somebody say I'm good at something. I'm like, all right, bro, chill. So knowing me, you know me knowing me who else would i choose to have intellectual conversations with think i would have intellectual conversations with somebody ignorant you might be doing a case study on me see see oh my god (laughs) (laughs) tell you man gotta be careful no no not even a little bit Uh uh-uh and we're gonna wrap that up on that one see (laughs) They're gonna no, I would not be having no kind of intellectual conversations with somebody that didn't have an intellectual conversation to give. So there. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it at that. Well, you alright, brother? I'm all good, man. I'm all good. And I'm hoping the people is. We appreciate y'all for joining us. Coming in this living room with us. But uh Hope we ain't get we too don't. deep for you today. We sorry, yeah. man. We, sometimes we dig a little deep. But... Sometimes it be like that. Y'all have Please, a good one. Hey, y'all, we really want to thank you for listening to us here on the Grey Roots Podcast. If y'all feeling the conversation, please make sure to like, comment, share, and subscribe. And if you don't, man, do the same thing. And if you ain't got nothing nice to say, keep your comments to yourself because your opinion does not matter. And I'm gone. <laughs>